0: This is just going to be this entire recording is just Amy swearing at her phone. That's it. Jenna's discussion's over. Have a great night, guys. You can go home now. Welcome to the Bright Home Trails podcast. I'm Gina. I'm Amy. And I'm Carol. And we're talking today with Jenna Pruden, who is an award-winning feature writer at the Globe and Mail. You can find all of our social media links at linktree slash bread crumb trails podcast that's l-i-n-k-t-r dot e slash bread crumb trails podcast if you like the content we put out you can also now support us on patreon at patreon.com slash trailblazer media go check it out if you like the content we put out and consider supporting us we are going to be talking about Jana's episode and we're going to be doing our roundtable discussion for janna's discussion Jana is an award-winning feature writer at the Globe and Mail. And once again, we want to thank her very much for coming to chat with us. I had a hell of a time chatting with her, but then again, she's also my prof. And I mean, I get to see her every week, at least for this semester. By the time you guys listen to this, this semester will be over. But um, I got to listen to I, I get to spend like three hours every Monday with her uh, for the fall semester, which was great. And she was an absolutely wonderful mentor. How did you guys find her?
1: She was really interesting. And especially all her experiences that she's had, and how she's developed her go-bag, I found really intriguing, and how she keeps complaining about those darn itchy pants.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, those pants. You know, I totally get what she means by those really horrible pants. They are seriously the worst things to travel if you have horrible pants. They're scratchy. You can't just reach in there and scratch your itch. And you're stuck wearing them for however long you're traveling or doing something. Like, I could see why she just ripped them off and tossed them in the trash the first opportunity she got.
1: I don't blame her. That would be annoying as heck.
2: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: I found it
0: quite entertaining that her whole career in journalism was actually the result of a misheard song lyric. Mm -hmm. That was cool. Her entire life, her job, and what she's found a passion in, was the result of a misheard song lyric. That is astounding! Like, how often does that
2: happen? Oh yeah, and what surprised me was the fact that she was able to work her way up, starting from the local newspaper. Like I wonder, is it possible to still do that in today's age, where like you pretty much need a college degree for everything? I. Don't know if
0: that's possible. I want to say if it is, you are extremely lucky. I know it's not like it was back in the day when you could literally just walk in with your resume in hand and absolutely no experience, and they'd start you off and say, uh, "Well, I guess in the in the uh, case of news agencies, probably as a I don't know fact checker or copywriter or something like that. Maybe in the mailroom. I I I don't know. I don't work for news agencies at the moment, so I don't know how they're laid out. But you know, basically bottom of the barrel. It's not, like it, it's not like it used to be. You actually have to have credentials behind you now from what I've seen in a lot of the working world, especially the field that I'm going into.
1: Oh, big time mm-hmm. you have to have credentials. And, it. you know, I don't know how it is for you guys, but for here in the health authority, if I wanted to position, I had to have the education before I can even apply for it or else yep. they won't even look at me. Yep. Or there's some positions where they will okay, you want to get that position, you can go through the course while you're working. It depends mm-hmm. on who the manager of the unit is.
2: Right. Yeah, in veterinary, you can go in with as a receptionist or as an assistant with no credentials. However, you're pretty much relying on luck to get experience to go in, because they want experience, which is just next to impossible to just like magically get experience unless you have a family member or a friend already in the industry willing to help you out.
1: That's the hardest thing I think about finding anything. Any job is getting that experience. No one really wants to hire with no experience and that's the most annoying thing in the world. I know when I started trying to get jobs as an admin that I needed so much experience. Well I don't have that experience.
0: Even in entry level jobs these days, <clears throat> yeah, where I'm you know, where I'm grabbing my bachelor's degree in communication, even with that bachelor's degree coming fresh out of it and people knowing that I'm going to have no experience a lot of the entry level positions still require three to five years worth of work it's like you have to have a job to get experience but you have to have experience to get a job
2: you're caught in a catch-22
1: it's like no one wants to deal with that no one wants to have someone that has no experience
2: nobody wants to train or teach
1: and that's the shameful thing
2: yeah I think it's mostly nobody wants to bother with training with teaching or nobody I think there's also the essence of Nobody wants to deal with the inevitable mistakes. Like, Mm -hmm. we are not allowed to fail as a society, it feels like. Nobody's allowed to fail anymore.
1: But also if you think about it too, look at the, you know, our generation for example. They want everything handed to them, versus our parents' generation where they're, you gotta do hard work, you gotta learn how to do the job.
2: Mm Mhm. Yep. It's a harsh world these days. At the same time, we're not given
0: the opportunities to do the job. And if we are, we're usually micromanaged. or told, no, you got to do it this way. And basically, everybody has a different way of doing things. Oh, God, yes. It doesn't matter if their way is the right way or not. If you want to keep the job, you have to learn to do it their way. Which is atrocious. Welcome to a capitalist society.
2: It's not like this worldwide. I do want to say that. And, you know, the fun thing about traveling is that... It doesn't take much to get started and you are able to fall, fall down here and there. Usually it's not terribly detrimental, you lose a few dollars here and there from getting scammed or you lose some expensive equipment, but it's pretty rare that you run into something that's a total disaster to you or your safety.
1: You know, every society has their own different standards that they need to follow, right?
2: Yep. Yeah, but the information is easy to access, and there's no interview for getting on a plane and going to where you want to go. Tell me, Carol, what are one of the points
0: that you found interesting from Jana's talk? What are so, what, what's one of the things that uh, stuck out at you? Uh,
2: Mostly, she mentioned that mistakes make the person, it builds the person, which I found, like, it really spoke to me big time because... We're all gonna make mistakes, whether it's in our jobs, in our lives, in a trip, but you gotta keep in mind that it builds ya. Just concentrate on how much it's building you up and kinda do better next time. No, to err is human. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's what really gives us it makes you you, essentially.
1: What did your guys' thoughts about her perseverance after she slammed her thumb in the door?
2: Oh, I was so focused on her actual thumb that I didn't really think of her perseverance. Like, I was getting sympathy pains from that. Yike! She's a better person than I am. I'd have called up and say, So...
0: I kinda crushed my thumb. It's uh, falling off, and
2: I can't do this job. At the same time, it's kind of like... You have a job, and in a way, she felt she had to do it. If there's a job you need to do, Despite your thumb being, like, hanging by a thread, I think you would kind of find that inner strength to kind of persevere and do it. Knowing me, I'd probably try to do that and then faint on faint while talking to the mayor.
1: Carol, are you serious? You would just sit there and go, Oh my god, oh my god.
2: Yeah, probably that too. <laughs> or maybe I'd look at it, after, like, Oh wait, I need pain meds. Okay, probably that, because I'm like, Wait, if it's somebody else's thumb, I'd probably be like, poking at it, you know, wiggling it in various directions, and I realized, Wait, it's my finger. Yeah, I'd probably pass out. Yeah, that sounds about you. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm, totally. I don't
0: really know what else to say other than, Check, please. (laughs) I thought,
2: you know,
1: for what she's done and how she's done it, I'm just, I'm shocked that she went through all that pain just to make sure she got the story. I mean, yes, that is her job. But it shows that no matter what happens, she can go ahead and push through anything.
0: It is definitely a testament to her character, I think, the type of person that she is, and the fact that she will go to almost any lengths to get what she needs, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, The thing that struck me about that, though, was the fact that she got home, she said her thumb was all like bandaged up and whatnot and not really usable, she was talking to, I think she said her husband about cheese or something. He asked her something about cheese, and she just broke down. And I'm like,
2: "Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a moment. Yep, mm-hmm. totally relatable." But look at how she
1: worked through the shock, talking to the mayor about that. That I'm just like, I would not be able to hold myself together. No, nope. I've seen and done a lot of stuff, but I, you yeah, know.
2: Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say unless you're actually met with the actual situation, like. There's so many times where I've met in my life where I'm like, oh nah, there's no way I would I would actually handle this. There's I would basically, you know, book it out at Dodge if I was ever met with this situation. And when I was actually met with that situation in the flesh, yeah, I I handled it just not really well. I did not respond like I expected. Amy, what's one of your points?
1: Oh my god, there were so many. Um you know, especially like how she got started, that, that blew my mind. Like you said, you can't really do that nowadays. You know, to think back then, you mm-hmm. can just walk into that. You know, I could just walk into the, the chrono crier and be like, Hey, I want a job. How do I get the job here? How do I, you know, where do I go? You know, that that yeah, shows, man. again, a test to her, her character, right?
2: Yeah, nowadays I feel like if you tried that, people would laugh in your face on that. Either that or not not even bother giving you the time of day.
1: That's Mm -hmm. an even more annoying thing.
0: That's actually
2: really depressing. So for me,
0: one of the things that popped out was... Actually being prepared for just about any circumstance. The fact that her to-go bag has evolved over the years. She's now got supplies for just about any occasion. She was saying she can stand outside in minus 30 degree weather and be... Or for like three or four hours and be fine. She can stand outside in 40 degree weather and be fine. And she's prepared to switch between the two at a moment's notice, which is absolutely amazing here in the pra- in the prairies. The fact that she's got comfortable clothing in there for travel and things for unexpected trips. She's got shampoo, face cream, things for the heat and cold and your basic survival
2: supplies. You do need to be ready to go at any time and quite a few times she's, she must have been caught with her pants down we're really going with that analogy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Oh,
2: Why did I say that?
0: I honestly can't wait until she hears this episode and if she decides to give feedback, I can't wait to hear what that is. Like, she's always got something entertaining
2: yeah. to say. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's it. You're never- like, I kind of, I'm curious, how big is this to go bag?
1: From her, it sounds to me almost like a giant duffel bag cross hockey bag.
2: Yep. Yeah. I would think- you know, this is somebody who's full of surprises. I would think that it's probably the size of, like, a typical duffel bag. I can see it now. Janice sends me an email. That's it!
0: You're never allowed to interview me again! Take those episodes down! Get me off the air! I don't want any- I didn't- even- no, just- <laughs> Okay, at that point, we really screwed up, man. That's it. Really game podcast is done. But yeah. No, just her dedication, like, it blows me away every time, every time she talks about it. And I mean, we've heard about it a a few times in class. Every time she talks about it, it blows me away. I understand why and I understand the how. I honestly don't think I'm a person that could do that. But then again, for her, her line of work, it is required, so.
1: And everyone's different, right? It's hard to say. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, and in a way, she got that passion. And she just kind of built on it, and she found that passion. So of course she's gonna basically chase it down and run with it as far as she bloody well can. But something else that really got me is her approach to everybody's story. Mostly, every story is a different challenge, and it is memorable. And be open to what every story can teach you. And I just love that. Like It just makes her seem like... She has this gift of being able to connect with anybody and I so wish I had that gift.
1: But even look at the time when she was covering, you know, I can't remember whether it was the fire or the shooting that she said, I came from a small town, I can relate to these people. You know, that, that, but even having someone that's relatable like that to be able to write the story and like she said, they want to share the story. They want to share their Quotes or, you know, let them know what happens, even if it's a devastation versus, you know, the fire or the shooting, right? People want to tell their side and tell them what's going on.
2: Yeah, and she also said that it's not just a story. Like, for us, we see it as, you know, all the way in Edmonton as opposed to the other side of the country. For us, it's just a story. But she drove it home that it's not just a story to them, it's their lives, and it really deeply affects them.
1: Oh, without a doubt it does. Everything affects people a certain way.
2: And it's a privilege to listen to these stories. Like, that's one of those... It just makes me want to go out there and listen to these stories, if they'll tell it to me.
1: Why do I have this weird mental image of Carol being someone's psychiatrist or saying... So how did that make you feel?
2: Oh my god, it would be fun to be a psychiatrist. No! that That requires a medical degree. Oh, come on, it sounds fun! Nope. Lie yeah. down on the couch. Would you like a cookie? Oh, dude, I would not have a couch because <laughs> I would probably sleep on the couch all the time.
1: Uh, bad mental image. Of As Carol, for the
2: cookies, you know? nobody's gonna get cookies because I will eat all before they can get a cookie. Uh huh. I mean, I'm not gonna argue
0: that point. But anyways, Carol. <laughs> yes. What's your next point?
2: Alright, so... Let's see, I did that one. Another thing is how important it is for her to stay calm during the event. That was especially when her thumb was, like, hanging off by a thread. Like, I know very well that probably for a few moments, I would be like, Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. There would be no staying calm. Like, I know I have a melting point. And when that point is melting, I... There is no calm in there.
0: I like how we've hyper-focused on the fact that her career was actually a misunderstanding, and the fact that her thumb has been hanging off by a thread for like, the good portion of what we've talked about so far. But um, yeah, you know, be aware of your surroundings and the people around you, especially if you find yourself in situations that aren't the best or happiest. Being by yourself means that you have no one to rely on, but yourself if it's an emergency you can't afford to lose your head you need to remain calm and try to think rationally as best you can because you're the only one that's going to get yourself out of that situation and that's not just something for if you're on your own or you know even if you're in a town that's a survival Mm -hmm. thing like if you're out in the middle of nowhere where there's nobody for miles this is something else you're gonna need you're gonna need to you know Understand is that you're gonna need to think rationally because you're the only one that will get you yourself out of that situation And that is huge
1: and you know how she Has you know, I've asked her about the fact that how do you decompress or not decompress? How do you prepare yourself for this, you know her? Mm -hmm. Flight that she was doing some research, you know I understand that there's times that you're not going to be able to have all your information And how she said she has little notes that she remembers, like she said, for example, was he 58 or 68? You know, she had it written down so she knew instead of having to go research again.
0: And I think attached Mm -hmm. to that, if for whatever reason you are caught in a traumatic experience, and you are caught by yourself where you have nobody else to rely on, once the situation has been dealt with, once the pressing concerns are dealt with, Once the, I guess, medical assistance has been rendered, things have been fixed up, and you're back safe at home, find a way to process the experience in a way that works for you. Whether that's picking up a hobby or going to therapy. Find something that works for you that allows you to vent your frustrations and your emotion and express them in a healthy way.
1: Mm -hmm. I agree.
2: Yeah, and another thing she mentioned along that lines is to expect a crash is what she also said.
1: And it can happen at any time.
2: Yeah, and in and in expecting it, you're able to better prepare yourself to decompress in a way.
1: So, how would you, how do you guys think you would be able to decompress if you've been handed a situation like she has?
2: Video games, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, admittedly, video games probably very violent video games if the situation calls for it. Eating, I would probably enjoy, you know, cooking and eating and... Why did I have a feeling but... like eating or food
1: would be involved in Carol's depression?
2: Oh heck yeah, <laughs> come on! Nutrition! Super important in that! <laughs> and probably do some working out or probably work on Kendo a little bit. Something like that, if I need something more physical to deal with it.
0: For me, I'd probably... Video games is probably an option for me. Um, I'd probably do some writing or I channel myself into, say, my etching, or I might pick up a new hobby, who knows? Like, I'm a crafter, I'm a creator, it's kinda what I do. I'd sink myself into a project and probably wouldn't come up for days. Well, and
1: look at how she does it, she embroiders. So that's, yes. Yeah, you know, if you're a crafter, that'd be one thing, how to do it. I think for me, it would be, you know, a port of, I need to write it down, I need to get it off my chest, Then I'll probably sit there and reread what I wrote just to go, is that really how I feel and then add if I need to or talk to someone that's part of my support team.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, talking is
0: super important. And make sure you have a support team set up, like make sure you have people that you can go and you can talk to and, you know, you can just vent to even if it's just to, you know, tell about your day. Make sure you have that those supports in place because they are going to be essential for dealing with whatever trauma has happened.
1: Anyone that has been through a post or has been through a traumatic event does need to have a support team, whether it's something simple
0: mm-hmm. as,
1: you know, seeing a car accident or, you know, Carol, for instance, you losing a patient. I know how hard that is on you because you take it so mm-hmm. close to yourself. You're just like me. Every patient is important to me. Every life is important to me. Um, I think even just going through weather, like, for me, I have a hard time when we get into a point of, in the season of a tornado warning, I hit panic mode, I hit freak out, my anxiety is high, I have great support system, I have a loving husband, I have friends that are, it's okay, and they know not to say, oh, by the way, we're in a tornado warning, and watch me go off the walls. But, you know, even some people take, you know, people who are are you know go through different issues take pain as a way of making sure those endorphins are running through your system right that's definitely one
0: thing anything else uh anything else that anybody got for points they want to bring up
2: yep um okay, Can us see i asked her what she notes. does actually it's like it's like one and a half or one and a quarter two pages, pages. What? some of it is xed out, so yeah, it was like one and a quarter. You guys took some of the points, so it ends up being like one Okay, let's date. be real. When <laughs> we started, it was two pages. Oh my god, I feel like we need to keep that at some point. <laughs> but uh, let's see. Mostly, I remember asking her how she adds color to an otherwise bland story. What she said was to keep researching into it, keep reporting, keep talking to people. And then... Sometimes you'll just find that whatever she's interviewing or writing about, you start to learn a little more about it, and it starts to get more intricate and more interesting. And also her loving to get creative with the language when that allows her to. Like, I know she had a tweet that Amy looked at, something about very funny-looking rain or something.
0: Fluffy <laughs> rain! Muffy rain! <laughs> yes!
2: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you right. <laughs> and something like that is where you can actually have fun with it a little bit. <laughs> like I'm trying to get into writing a little bit. I'm writing the blog for the break from trails, and it's so. I wish I had like the ability currently to use some of her advice, but right now it's like I'm just even trying to get through a story and it's like uh how do i make it not so long-winded and everything
0: writing is definitely an art form it's something i'm learning in her feature writing class uh it's something that requires a lot of patience a lot of work and once i learn how to do things i will learn and i will show you how to do things and I'll, Mm -hmm. i'll kind of guide you through that process once i learn this
1: and it's interesting too because i think a lot of people need to you know to be a journalist, you have to be able to add color, you know, add mm-hmm. that creative. Geez, if I wasn't such a, I hate writing, <laughs> I would have totally been a journalist. But I don't like having to write a story. i rather write what I want, what's in my head versus the information I'm getting.
2: Yeah, me, I enjoy the writing aspect of it, but surprisingly, not really much else from there. I enjoy listening to people's stories but I'm also a little bit more reserved than Amy who's willing to go out and get those stories.
1: She's willing to do anything you know especially the fact that when her first job was working highway six and covering boring stories to some on the water situation or the water well you know the water board that's kind of interesting to know that she can make that, as some people say, fluffy and light. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: And another thing that's actually relevant to pretty much anybody that she said is be Mm open-minded. And that goes for anybody. It's like, you want to learn more about the world, you want to absorb what you can. And I feel like the only way you can do that is to open your mind, even if it's just a little bit.
0: Well, I mean, at this point, like, she is writing who I, she is influencing who I'm going to be as a writer. Uh, She is influencing my style of writing and she is helping affect that. Uh, She's helping me get down to the nitty gritty to cut things that need to be cut, to, you know, learn to tell stories that need to be told. And honestly, she's actually made me consider picking up uh, the whole feature writing thing as a possible career. She's got me looking for ideas now that I could possibly start pitching to news organizations and that in itself is amazing because that's something I never thought I'd actually want to do.
1: And you know there's a lot of people that I don't know if they would consider freelance writing.
0: I knew going into school I wanted to freelance but profile writing that's not something I ever saw myself doing like feature writing like those long features like the the long stories that you've got. I wanted to do more travel writing and I want to do more exploration and I want to write about my experiences
1: and that's you know everyone has their own knack right and it's about finding that and having that opportunity of having someone like her come in and be like hey here's this opportunity or hey have you thought about this
0: but now everybody's got their own style like even we have our own styles we just happen to for the most part mesh well together so but yeah your last point Carol
2: yeah so Mostly, where do you draw inspiration, and the one advice she gave was aspirational writing, which means you read what you kind of want your writing to get to the point of, and that is super awesome. It's like you're gonna want to look up to someone and kind of not really follow directly in their footsteps, but you kind of want to take what you want from them and use it as inspiration and i'm hoping that eventually we or even other people who listen to this podcast become inspirations to other people i mean inspiration is part of the
0: reason we sat down well you and i sat down with a couple of others who didn't actually make it to the first episode And we started talking about something like this and a project like this was because we wanted to be inspirational to people. We wanted people to, I guess, learn from us or we wanted people to understand us a little better. I I don't quite know how to phrase it properly, but you kind of get what I'm getting at. We wanted people to learn from us and to draw inspiration from, so.
1: Oh, big time. I know listening to your guys' first episodes, And again, I still go back to that. I still go back and listen to the ones. You know, traveling versus alone. Or versus, sorry, let me try that again. Group versus solo travel? Yeah. And traveling on a budget, you know, those are things that I'm like, oh, I never really thought of that. I always thought, you know, here's me. Go to the all-inclusives. Everything's paid for, except for my excursions. You know, that was the way to travel. I didn't realize you can go off the beaten path and, you know, find those hole-in-the-wall restaurants that turn out to be amazing kind of deals.
0: But like we said in the group versus solo travel episode, if you don't make friends, if you don't make connections, if you don't network, you're not going to be able to find those things because you're not going to have the knowledge of the know how A lot of those places are places that only locals know about for very good reason. Mm-hmm. And it's only once you get to know the locals that, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna get to experience what it's, what the actual culture is like. Not just the tourist culture in that country, but the actual culture of that country.
2: Yeah, like, you may stumble on these places out of pure dumb luck, but those chances are pretty darn low. Yep. Well,
1: and I remember the first time I went on a trip ever, and it was to Jamaica. And we hired a local cab. There was a group of us hired a local cab went to the craft markets went to a village or not a village a building on top of the this big hill that you paid like a dollar to get in and you can see all of montego bay and it had interesting like it had literally um some of the most famous people on wallpaper all around this house mostly in the bathrooms but i mean you don't find that stuff you don't see that side of it. I had a culture shock when I was seeing people sell stuff out of the back of the, the their cars in their trunk, and I'm like, "What? the mm-hmm. what is going on? I'm <laughs> um, blown. I didn't know it was a thing. We would love to hear
0: from you guys. Please send us emails and let us know what you guys want to hear for Season 2. We would also like to announce the launch of our brand new website for Season 2. You'll be able to find this at breadcrumbtrails.ca This will be our hub for everything. You will still be able to find us on Anchor and all of your favorite platforms. But we now have one convenient location, which I have been working on. We have been working on now for the last few weeks. We are also going to have a brand new logo when we come back. And don't forget to check out our Patreon. As a Patreon subscriber, you will get certain perks that other people don't get, up to and including the ability to help actually plan episodes and possible one-on-one chats with us. I am also contemplating the idea, I don't know how many people out there are interested in this, about putting some of our catchphrases on things, like mugs or t-shirts or something like that. And the one that pops out at the moment, do your fucking research! (laughs) Well, that's one. I'd have to... I'd have to go back in, through our episodes and check them out, but I'm looking at putting some of our catchphrases and possibly our logo on like things like mugs or t-shirts or maybe stickers. If you guys wanna see that, drop us a note, let me know, and we can work things out. Um, I wanna start diversifying, I wanna start getting things off the ground, and I think that's how I'm gonna do it. So just kind of what's coming up in the future. And as always, For the Breadcrumb Trails podcast, I'm Gina.
2: I'm Amy. And I'm Carol.